Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Jeff is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Jeff. In the weekly email that we send out every Friday, um, I, I, I wrote my own story when I was six years old of being a runaway. Uh, my, my mom was not happy with me. We were living out in a rural area, and uh, she, she had this uh, popular way back then of uh, disciplining a six-year-old boy, and that was to switch them. Now, my mom, she was meek and mild. She barely swung that switch, but I still didn't like getting switched. Now, my mom sent me to my bedroom so she could think about my discipline. She hadn't switched me yet, but I was thinking she was going to switch me. And so I pried open the window on my bedroom, this little corner, and, and I booked it out of there, this little six-year-old boy. And I ran out into the woods that were near the little farm that we lived on, and I dug in under a tree, and I was determined that I was going to go and be on my own. I was not going to subject myself to my mom's discipline. I didn't want what she wanted. She didn't want what I wanted, so I ran. Now, that's a six-year-old boy. Uh, I think we've got a picture up here of, of what you sort of feel like, right, when when you're not feeling good. I notice if you look real close, he has an NYPD t-shirt on. I think this little boy had run away, probably got caught by the police, and the policeman gave him a nice new t-shirt to try to comfort him, but he wasn't feeling so hot. Here's the thing, when you grow up, the thought of running away doesn't, doesn't leave us, does it? We live in Phoenix, Arizona. How, how many of you were born here in Phoenix, Arizona? Okay, that's a good number. I think that's because we're in Levine. I love that. But, but guess what? There's still a number of you that didn't raise your hand. And, and I find it interesting, especially out west. My, my daughter and son-in-law live in Seattle. I have a son that, that lives in San Francisco. And I think out west here, we, we get a lot of people that are looking for a new life. They've left an old life behind because they're not satisfied. They're unhappy. They feel a little bit like that, that little boy. And, and so they run for the hills. They try to find a new life. And sometimes they're not just running from an old way of life. Sometimes, like Jonah, we find ourselves running from God, running away from God. And that's a lot of what today's message is going to be about, is that even when we run away from God, God's love is so amazing and so powerful and so faithful, especially that, so faithful, that he relentlessly comes running after us. And because he's God, he has, he has this ability to marshal all the forces of planet Earth to remind us that he's in our world and that he loves us. So with that introduction, I want to dive in and let's take a look at Jonah, this man who was a prophet in the Old Testament, long before the time of Jesus, and he is sent by God on a journey. Let's see how that happens. 
the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, this is, this is how it used to work many times in the Old Testament, is that God would come directly to Old Testament prophets. Nowadays, God comes to us more indirectly through the words of the scriptures, through the Bible, and he speaks to us this way. This is somehow God directly coming to Jonah and saying, I've got a job for you. And he says this, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, Nineveh was this city that was amazingly powerful, uh, an out-and-out pure enemy of the people of Israel, and, and, and the Ninevites were brutal, brutal warriors. When they came in and they conquered you, uh, you either died or you were flayed. I mean, I won't go into the brutality of it, but let's just say the Ninevites were brutal. And in history, had been brutal to the Israelites many times. They were like the bully on the block that constantly came back to beat you up. And now God is sending Jonah to the bully and saying, I, I want you to teach the bully about me. I want the bully to know that I am his God, their God too. Now, you know what it's like to face a bully, don't you? If, if someone said to you, you have a bully in your life, and I want you to go try to change that bully, you're, you're either going to think one of two things, and maybe a mixture of both of these things. On the one hand, you're going to go, that dude is a bully. He's not going to change. Why am I going to go try to talk him into changing? He won't change. He'll just beat me up again. And so Jonah is like that. He doesn't believe this is going to do one whit of good. Why send me in there so that I can get flayed? That's number one. Number two is if the bully has beaten you up enough times, you're like, I hate that bully. I hope he never knows about God because I hope one day, since that bully has beaten me up so many times, he roasts in hell. That's Jonah. He doesn't believe the bully can change Nineveh. He doesn't, I don't think he really wants Nineveh to change. And so, he decides he's going to do something different. So, write this down. The word of the Lord comes to us today in the Bible. Now, this is the word of the Lord. God, God is sovereign. He's the king of the universe. So when he talks, what do you think he expects? He expects us to obey. Because he's God. So, he calls us to obedience. And we respond often, like Jonah did. What did Jonah respond? Because he didn't believe they could change. Because he didn't really want them to change. He said, no, not that, Lord. Anything but that. Don't send me to Nineveh. Now, let me ask you, have you ever said that to God? H have you ever said to God, after reading the Bible, 
Maybe God says, I want you to put me first above all other things in your life. And you run through mentally in your head all the people you love, all the things you love, and not just love, but also value. The things that you think are going to bring you peace. Remember the story of Jesus and the rich man? This rich man comes up and says, you know, how, how can I be saved? And Jesus gives him, I'm gonna shorten this. At the end of it, Jesus says, okay, go sell everything that you have and come and follow me. And what does the rich man say? No, not that, Lord. No, not that, Lord. What part of your life are you walling off from God? Maybe it's because you have some hatred in your heart towards someone. Maybe someone has bullied you. And, and you hear God calling you to forgiveness of that person the way Jesus has first forgiven you. And you say, Lord, I love you. I'm yours. But no, Lord, not that. I can't forgive that person. Maybe you hear God's call to sexual purity and you're living right now with a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you know God is saying, I want you to be pure until marriage, one man, one man and one woman together for life. And, and you say, Lord, I love you. I'm in church. I'll join a growth group. I'm going to go through the class system, 101, 201, 301, 405. And you hear God saying, no sex before marriage. And you say to God, no, not that, Lord. Now, I don't know what yours is, but we all have them. And right now, what I want you to ask is, what is that area in your life that you've got cordoned off? And you say, I love you, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. But please, please, I don't know if I can agree with you in this little section of Scripture. I know you're calling me to obey, but I, I don't know, Lord, not that, Lord. That's question number one for us today. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. So what Jonah does when he's confronted with this, and he's thinking to himself, no, not that, Lord, he runs. Now, there's only two possible responses when you get to this place with God. And you know what they are, because they're very common. You can flee or you can fight. Jonah chooses flee. Now, Jonah ran away from the Lord. Now, let's just let's think a minute here, because this is kind of funny. Jonah ran away from the Lord. Where's he going to go? Because God has this little quality that makes him present everywhere. We call it omnipresent if we're theologians. Where's he going to go? But trust me, I've tried this and you've tried this. You, you know, when you're in sin and when you're running away from God, you do goofy things. You think things that just completely aren't right because your sin has got your mind twisted up. And so you think to yourself, I know what I'll do. I'll run away from God, who's omnipresent. No, you won't. And Jonah won't either. 
But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, which is on the coast, where he found a ship bound for that port. Okay, so let me, let me picture this for you. Up here's Nineveh to the, to the north uh, east. Tarsus, Tarshish is over here to the northwest. So Jonah does one of these, and instead of turning right, he turns left. Ever done that? God calls you to turn right and you turn left instead? Because we've all done it. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. What's happening here is there's a, a struggle going on between the will of God, which God has expressed to Jonah when he gives him the word, and Jonah's self-will. Now, if you've ever been a parent, you've watched this struggle play out. Here's the will of the parent for the child's safety, to love the child, and the child's like, no, I don't want to do that. You've seen it if you've ever seen two four-year-olds or five-year-olds playing with the same toys in the same room. The kid doesn't care about any of the toys until his friend picks up the toy, and then what does he do? He runs over to the friend and starts trying to pull that one toy when there's 15 toys out of his friend's hands. That's what's going on here between God and Jonah. There's a struggle between Jonah's self-will and God's expressed will. And so Jonah thinks, I can make my will work. He thinks he can, he can get this done. And you know what's always interesting when we think that we can buck the will of God? When we think we can impose our will over God's will, there's always a boat waiting for us. Every last time there's a boat waiting to help us impose our self-will. And then as Christians, we say, oh, well, God must want me to run from him. Because look, God provided a, a boat for me. That boat didn't come from God. Because God already told him, go to Nineveh. And when Jonah gets on the boat, he gets on a boat that's provided by Satan, not by God. So be aware that when you want to do what you want to do it, when you, when you want to do it and you know it's opposed to God, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're not you know, everything is going to go against you right away. It doesn't all go against Jonah right away. It takes a while before it starts to go against him. So write this down. Our self-will imposes itself against the will of God and tells us to fight or flee. Tom Wolfe is a major American author. He's written some amazing books uh, the Right Stuff, which was about uh, the life of astronauts, Bonfire of the Vanities. He wrote a book called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, which was about the 60s. And you know, rock and roll, the Beatles, uh, hate Ashbury. And he's at this concert, this Beatles concert, and he's surrounded by these young girls. I've got a picture for you. There you go. Right? I was there, by the way. Well, not there. But 
I want you to imagine yourself in the middle of this group, and then I'm going to read you a quote from Tom Wolfe. I love this. This comes from that, that book, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. He says, I went to see the Beatles last month, and I heard 20,000 girls screaming together at the Beatles. And I couldn't hear what they were screaming either. But you don't have to. They're screaming, me, 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 I'm me. That's the cry of the ego. And that's the cry of this rally. Me, 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 me. And that's why wars get fought. Ego. Because enough people want to scream, pay attention to me. That's the world we live in. And it didn't start in the 60s. It started with Adam and Eve. That's the world we live in, but that's also the world of our own hearts. That we want to scream for attention for ourselves. That's the very definition of sin. Selfishness. The need for our will to supersede the will of God. And that's what Jonah is screaming here. Me, 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 not you, God. God, you need to listen to me, not have me listen to you. That's what Jonah is saying here. Let's, let's read the next section and see what happens when Jonah does that. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his, his own God. Now I want, I want to just stop for a moment. Do you see what's happening with these sailors? They're not Christ followers and this is Old Testament. I know Christ hasn't come but they're, they're not waiting for the promised Messiah. They each have their own God. And what does that look like? When the storm comes up, these guys are, what emotion? What, what is the most natural emotion for people following a God that is not Christ? It is fear. We live in a day and age, I'm telling you right now, where people say all religions are the same. Christianity is no different from any other religion. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, Christianity is completely different from all other religions. Because all other religions at their base are religions of fear, just like these guys' religion was. Because other religions say, do this, do this, do this, and you better get over the bar or else God is going to be angry with you. And he's going to punish you. You see, that's what these sailors are thinking. God's angry with someone on this boat. And he is punishing us, and we need to be afraid, very afraid. Our, our Christianity is so different from that. I'll explain more in a little bit. They were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. What, what can we do? to maybe solve this. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. My theory about this is Jonah is exhausted. Maybe first and foremost spiritually, 
I can't prove this from the scriptures, but when you start to fight with God or you start running from God, it is spiritually exhausting. Now, Jonah is also on a ship in the middle of the sea that is storm-tossed. And I don't know how many of you have ever been on a storm-tossed boat. Because if you have been, you might know another reason why Jonah is down in the bottom trying to sleep. He's sick. But he's trying to sleep. He's thinking about, who's Jonah thinking about? Not those poor sailors. He's like, me. Okay, I need some sleep. The captain went to him and, and, and confronts him about that. How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us. Hey, Jonah, there's more than just you here. So that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us. Who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Now it's interrogation time. Well, I'm a, a prophet, or <laughs> I used to be, um, and I follow God, or I kind of sort of think I do. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them. See, there, there it is again. They don't know how Jonah's God works. So their default response to hearing about, as Jonah calls him, the Lord, the God of heaven, is to be in terror. They terrified, this terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. When you decide you're going to fight the Lord, even if it's just in this little corner that we talked about earlier, and you're like, God, I hear you loud and clear. You want this. I want that. And put your dukes up, God. Let's go. Or you decide to run from the Lord. This is the grace of God to you. I'm going to say it again. The grace the undeserved love of God to you. And, and what that grace looks like in that moment when you're fighting or fleeing may be a storm. Because God, very likely, in love, is trying to knock the fight out of you. Or get you to turn around by putting a hard blockade in, in, in your path. That's exactly what he's doing with Jonah here. Jonah turned left. God says, okay, you turn left, bam, how about that storm? Let's get you turned around, Jonah. Some of you are experiencing that right now. I, I guarantee it. Something has come up in your life and it is blocking you from going the way that you would hope you could go knowing that it is an imposition of your own self-will against the will of God. And God has sent a storm. I don't know what your storm is. I don't know how big your storm is. But there's a storm because lovingly, in great compassion, 
God is trying to knock the fight out of you. God is trying to get you to turn around when you are stubbornly trying to go the wrong direction, the direction that is going to lead to your harm, possibly your eternal death. I don't know if any of you have ever worked as a, as a lifeguard, but if you ever make the serious mistake of working as a lifeguard and then jumping in the pool to try to save a drowning person, which you're never supposed to do. I've actually seen this happen where a lifeguard had to punch a guy in the face and knock him out so that he could rescue him. And I'm sure the guy didn't like being punched in the face, but he would have liked even less drowning. And so sometimes God, I, you know, I, I hate to say it like this, but that's what's happening. God is punching Jonah in the face so he can save him, and by the way, also the Ninevites, from drowning for eternity. Turn the page. God summons every resource at his disposal to get us to stop fighting and turn around. Do you see what's happening here? God is the king of the universe, and in order to deliver this punch, God doesn't do it directly. He doesn't have to. He, he, he owns the wind and the waves. And God owns the wind and the waves in your life too. God owns everything that's going on in your life. He's in full control of it. And just like with Jonah, God's not going to try to get you to turn around. God's not going to try to get the fight out of you by personally giving you a visit. What he's going to do is summon his resources. And those resources are going to conspire to try to get you back on God's track. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. When I read this, it made me think of myself with my computer, right? We just said God summons all these resources to, um, to get us to turn around, and yet you know, everybody's still trying to go their own way. Look what we read next. Uh, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then verse 13, instead the men did their best to row back to land. They too are now joining Jonah and saying, we're going to do what we want to do. So let, let's show the, the pop-ups. Do you ever get these on your computer? You know, little pop-ups that say, hey, Congratulations. Here's a gift that I want you to have. Select that, or, or how about this one? You win! 100, 500 millions, I don't know of what, but something. You win! Next one. You, I love this one. When I get one like this, I'm like, this is, that's my identity. I'm a winner. <laughs> love that. I didn't know that, but the computer just told me I, I am a winner. How about the next one? Oh, I love it when, the, when my computer offers me free resources, stuff that can help me learn. And finally, oh, the warning pop-up. 
something's infected. You know, your computer does that. Now, do you know what I most often do? If, now, I've got my pop-up uh, thing set now, so those don't come up very often anymore. But before I knew how to do that, whenever I would get one of those, I would try to find, I would search for the little X. Do you ever search for the little X? I would push the delete button. I would find my escape button to try to get rid of that. See, isn't this just like God with Jonah? Maybe with you too. He just keeps popping up in our lives. The problem is when we see him pop up in our lives and go, where's the little X? How can I be like Jonah and push the escape button? So I don't have to pay attention to God. I don't have to worry about the infection of sin that's going on in my life or the gifts of love that God wants to give me or the new powerful truths and information that he wants to download to me. So I just look for the X and I push it and then I don't have to worry about God. But he keeps popping up. And that's what we see here. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Sometimes when you get a pop-up message, and you really need to pay attention to the pop-up message, you know what the best thing is to do? Deal with it. Do what it tells you to do sometimes. Now, a lot of them are scams. So, I'm no computer expert. Be very careful about this. I'm not giving you computer advice. I'm giving you spiritual advice. When God pops up into your life, eventually what everybody here has to do, the sailors, Jonah, they have to surrender. Okay, we'll stop rowing, God. And we'll stop running. And we'll stop fighting. And, and we'll just, we'll do it your way. God finally had knocked the fight out of them. God finally had gotten them to turn around. But they, they responded by saying, okay, God, let's do it your way. Are you there? Are you there today? In whatever that little corner of your life is that you were thinking about earlier when I said, what's that corner in your life that you're not ready to give to God and follow his will on it? Are you ready today? Because that's what this message is urging you to make your next step today. Is to surrender that to God and say, okay, God, I will do it your way. We'll go the direction you want to go. We'll follow the rules that you want to follow. We'll, we'll believe and trust and lean on the gospel message of Jesus. We'll know that he truly is our savior. We'll know that he truly has forgiven all our sins. 
that his blood has washed them all away. Whatever it is in your life that you need to, to give to God, this is, this is what Jonah is teaching you today. Take that next step right now. Don't keep fighting. Don't keep running. But instead, come back to the God who has open arms for you. You remember Luke 15 and the story of the prodigal son? That's what he did, right? At some point, he just said, you know what? Eating these pods that they throw to pigs, that, even my dad's servants have it better than that. I think I'll go back. Are you ready to go back and be a servant to your Lord? Write this down. Turning to God <coughs> starts with owning our sins. That's what Jonah did. He said, it's my fault. I know that it's my fault. And repentance returns us to God's original design for life. And I love this. You want to know if you've been running and fighting God? Running from and fighting God? Take a look and ask yourself if your life looks like this. Are you enjoying God's love and blessings? Is every day a wake up and you're like, oh man, another day to enjoy God's love and blessings, his forgiveness, his grace. Another day to enjoy that I'm a citizen of heaven. Another day to enjoy the fact that whatever I do today, I can take it to my God and he will love me and have mercy on me and forgive me. Another day to know that my God is walking with me through the challenges, the struggles, and he will help me. He's promised to do that. I'm just gonna enjoy God's love and blessings today. You feeling that? If you're not, it may be because you're running the wrong direction. Or it might be because you have your dukes up. And then, are you living your life in gratitude and worship? Is every day an opportunity to say, Jesus, thank you for the cross, for the empty tomb, for the forgiveness, for the grace, for the mercy, for the help, for the provision? It should look like this. Think about the Garden of Eden, right? This is what, so often when we think about the Garden of Eden, we think about, you know, this tropical paradise. Let me tell you, that's the Garden of Eden. I'm not saying it wasn't a tropical paradise. I don't know. What I do know is that's the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, until they fell into sin, got up every day enjoying God's love and blessings his presence in their lives. And then every day was worship and gratitude. As close to this as you can get because you're responding to the love of God in Christ and it ne never be perfect in a fallen world. It's never gonna be perfectly this until heaven. But this is how we know that we're enjoying this. Now, how do we, do, how do we get this? Last point. For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. And this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. At the end of the day, the story of Jonah is a story about Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself says this. He says, you want the greatest sign that I am the son of God, the one I say who I am, then watch when I, like Jonah, 
am dead, and then three days later rise, just like Jonah did. Then you'll know that I am the Savior, the Messiah that, I, that, that has been promised. I am the one who came to bring you forgiveness, new life, eternal salvation. You see, at the end of the day, what God wants you to know is that you can run, but you can't hide from him. You can fight, but you will never ultimately win because God in his relentless love wants you, wants your soul in heaven with him, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to make that possible for you. And now God says to you today, stop running, stop fighting. Let the love of Jesus simply wash over you as those waves washed over Jonah. Because nothing pleases God more than for you to know his love and forgiveness. Write this down. It pleases God, our Savior, to summon every resource at his disposal to display his grace to runaways, runaways like you, runaways like me. God loves nothing more than to position you in a place to receive his blessings in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you are a God of grace and love, an amazing God who despite the fact that we constantly fight against you, despite the fact that we constantly run from you in little ways, medium ways, and sometimes like Jonah, in a big way we run from you. But Lord, you have grace for us runaways. You, you love us and you pursue us in that amazing love of yours. You marshal every resource at your disposal so that you can recapture our hearts. Lord, I pray for the people in this room today that, that they will see you moving heaven and earth in their lives so that you can bring them back to you, to your heart for them, to your mercy and grace and forgiveness and love. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room today will ask themselves, what next step do I need to take? If I'm where Jonah is, What's my sign of repentance and of turning around and of leaving sin behind and of growing in my relationship to Jesus Christ? How can I, like Jonah was ultimately forced to do, how, how can I put myself in a position to be in the path of your blessings, Lord? Help all of us to ask that and then take that step back to you. Lord God, I pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Jeff. That passage in your program, the, the verse of the week says, God, our Savior, wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. He means you. So if you've 
been running away from God and, and maybe today is a, a step back toward him for you and this is your first time here, awesome. If you are like Jonah, a longtime Christian, and there's a, there's a little corner of your life that you've reserved for runaway and for fighting God, surrender that and, and, and come back to God in that area of your life too. And remember this. The reason God wants us to give everything in our lives to him is because he wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And he is your savior. After the service today, I'll be up here. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. If you need to be prayed with, I'll be here to pray with you. We'll also have some prayer team people. Uh, So please come forward. We'll see you on the patio. Let me send you out with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen.